Welcome back to 50% Cancer. I'm Chloe. And I'm Nate. Nate is my boyfriend of about nine months now, and he is graciously joining me today to talk about dating a thyroid cancer survivor. I had followers on the Thycan Survivors Instagram submit questions a few months ago that they would want answered by my boyfriend and I. I broke these topics down into three categories, awareness and knowledge, communication, and then fear and emotions. Nate and I will both be sharing our thoughts, so I hope you enjoy this episode with my first guest. Being aware of your partner's thyroid issues and having knowledge of them is key to being able to empathize and understand what they are going through. For me, now that it's been 11 years since my diagnosis, sharing my thyroid cancer past is just another part of me. I'm not embarrassed to talk about cancer or any symptoms I might have. So the first question was, how does he support you and do you feel like he understands all that you're going through? I actually remember a few months into dating Nate and I was sending him voice messages explaining thyroid hormones and all that good stuff. I feel like he can understand to a point what I'm going through because I'll talk to him about it. I don't think it's possible for someone else to fully understand unless they also have thyroid problems, so that is a part you'll just have to accept. But having a partner who is compassionate and empathetic will help. Nate supports me largely through my thyroid cancer awareness efforts. He isn't really into Instagram like me, but he'll like my cancer podcast posts on Facebook and shares posts with his family and friends. He's always there to tell me good job and happily listens when I have proud moments. So as much as I don't understand Instagram necessarily, it is also worrisome to me. Sometimes because I really don't understand thyroid cancer fully. Mm -hmm. It just is something that I live with now. And I do try my best to listen to what Chloe says all the time. Because that will only help me understand it more as we go forward. So the next question is, what should your partner do to help make survivors feel better when they are feeling off? I think it's helpful for partners to know the symptoms of hypo and hyperthyroidism. For example, when my meds are making me too hyper, which means too much thyroid hormone, I can get heart palpitations. If it's the opposite way and I'm too hypo, I might be super fatigued and not motivated. Having a partner who can see this and then address it to you can help to figure out if it's thyroid related or not. Hopefully then they could support you in getting to the doctor and advocating for some fresh blood work. So for Chloe specifically, When I can tell that she's feeling off, my biggest thing is always to try to find something that I know she enjoys to help keep her mind off of it, which might not be the best at all times. But I always know that she likes feeling affection. Maybe her favorite treat will make it better. It really, like, it depends on the situation where we're at. Like, sometimes, yeah, do we have to go somewhere else? to make sure that everything's okay, yes. And I've yet to have to take her to the doctor, but (laughs) I'm expecting that soon. In general, having a partner, whether you've known them for forever or not so long, I think it's just important that they know you and then they can help you make sure that you're feeling your best no matter what. Yeah, I really don't ever want to see Chloe feel down. So it's always good for her to let me know because I can't always tell all the little things. The big thing for me is always making sure that Chloe is both mentally and physically healthy and that she gets all the happiness that she can get. Hmm. And I think that's really important with thyroid cancer survivors because we're a cancer that's not normally very physical depending on the type you get. Um, So you really need to have that dialogue and have that trust and openness with your partner to be able to talk about some things that maybe aren't the most fun to talk about. Like if you're feeling depression or anxiety, because that's a very common symptom of thyroid stuff, 
that can be really hard to talk about. But your partner is not a mind reader as much as, you know, people can get close and you're going to have to talk to them. Yeah. And we're very good at that. Mm -hmm. I think for nine months, months. almost 10 months, (laughs) we got it pretty figured out. Yeah. So in general, I think honestly, the best thing a partner could do is just being understanding. I've heard from a lot of other survivors that when they're having symptoms, their partners just don't understand. They think they're lazy. Or, for example, if your sex life has been lackluster lately and your partners just don't understand that your thyroid hormones can affect your libido. So just having somebody that can be understanding will make a world of a difference. The next question is, does he know if your TSH needs adjusting and any changes he sees? So, so far during the time we've been dating, I think it's mostly been from me just communicating it. My TSH has been fairly stable this year, so I haven't really had a lot of obvious symptoms or really any symptoms at all. The only time I can think of is right before I switched to Synthroid. Yeah, the main thing before that was Chloe was always getting very tired, and you could see that she didn't want to really do much, which was weird for me as we would always go on walks or something, or we'd work out, or go play tennis or golf. We were always doing something, but when... The biggest thing, I guess, with her TSH levels was I could tell that she was tired a lot more often. But besides that, communicating is the only way that I'll ever Mm -hmm. know. I don't know if I could tell waking up every morning. (laughs) Just like, oh, it's off today. (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe that's something that'll change being together for years and years. But like I said before... You really have to talk about it because they can't usually know just looking at you. Thankfully, we haven't had to talk about it too much in the time we've been together. And that's been very lucky, I guess, for for Mm -hmm. me and you. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I need to know as much as possible for me as a human just so I can give Chloe the time that she needs and the respect and the space or whatever it is that she needs that I can do for my end. So I think that is a really great segue to the next sort of topic section, which is communication. So somebody asked, how do you communicate your needs and have them heard and respected? I really don't feel like this has been a big deal for us. Maybe you feel like it has, but like for me in this point in my life, I'm pretty open about things a lot and I joke about it a lot. And I think I'm pretty good about saying like, this is what I need or want in this moment. Yeah, right away there was... (laughs) Some touch-and-go cancer jokes that I didn't necessarily (laughs) feel comfortable with in the first couple weeks. But very quickly, it understood that Chloe was okay talking about it and was very forward about it. And for me, in relationships, communication is so big that I was going to tell her if I saw anything different or if something was off with me. So it was a very easy transition into making sure that we communicate. Obviously, that's not everybody's scenario, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the best advice is. I think it's just a lot about, like, I'm really big on honesty, so I think just being honest and open, because then I think that's part of communicating is just getting out what you need to say. So I feel like that's a good part of it if you're feeling like you're having problems with your partner, like, communicating your needs. Yeah, it's much easier for me to digest all the information, not knowing anything, if it's out in the universe, Mm -hmm. something where we can dissect each problem as it comes Mm -hmm. more or put priorities on Mm -hmm. exactly what's happening. Yeah. So we can figure out what steps we need to take next. Yeah. 
but to address the having them respected, um, I think part of that is just <laughs> people's like personalities. And if you're having somebody who continually like does not respect you, I think first take a look at how you're communicating what you want to say. And I have talked about communication the last few episodes, so give those a listen. But if it's somebody who continually like doesn't respect you, I kind of think that that's somebody you don't need in your life. So maybe it's a it's time for you to take a step back and a bigger reevaluation because you should in this situation having cancer you should never feel disrespected well and we've you've taught me more about my mom even in Mm. that aspect I knew that my mom had thyroid issues but I had no idea what she was going through on a day-to-day basis before I met Chloe and to even see how that affects my parents' relationship sometimes, mm-hmm. where uh, I'm sure she'll listen to this and I'll get a nice <laughs> talking to about it. But yeah, it's something that when I think my dad has no idea sure. what is happening with my mom sometimes. Mm-hmm. This has been eye opening for me in plenty of aspects there as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the biggest thing make sure you're respected. Like, don't give in to somebody not understanding who you are don't give them the time of day no you're better than that you're great kind of the second part in this communication area was also just how we talk about and address cancer when it comes up in conversation and we kind of already said that i definitely have a lot of jokes if you follow me on my cancer instagram you'll know that a friend and i started a joke that i have bees in my lungs because i just have lungs full of nodules that aren't thyroid cancer but at the time we thought they could so we just joke about my bees sometimes (laughs) um as somebody who's never been stung by a bee, anytime <laughs> I see a bee out in the wild, it immediately gets uh, gets routed back to cancer somehow. I can't just be afraid of being stung. It has. It's bees. always about the bees the in the bees. lungs. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like we we do a good job of when it's a more serious talk, we can have that. Um, but also, it's very much lighthearted, especially now that I've been. I don't want to say cancer-free, but I haven't had a recurrence for a year and a half now, so I feel like I can start relaxing a little bit more about recurrence and things like that. Yes, not knowing you during a recurrence, mm-hmm. although we thought potentially there was a scare with, the, with the med with the med switch. Yeah. Uh, We're all good. Yeah, that I haven't gotten to see the recurrent side of it yet. So that leads really nicely into the last topic of fear and emotions. Just based on question I've asked before about guilt, a lot of people have fears not only of themselves having recurrence, but also how like other people would deal with that, and especially family members. Um, so this question's more so for Nate. It was, how scared is he of you having a recurrence? So in my lifetime, I've only luckily had one family member have cancer. My grandmother mm. had breast cancer when I was six or seven, so I don't recall much of what was going on there it was a lot of just grandma didn't have hair so that was what I was experienced with Mm -hmm. so fear plays a huge part for me in this because I don't know what exactly comes with a recurrence it doesn't I can't wrap my head around it I don't Mm -hmm. have something to quantify what that would mean for you what that would mean for us Mm -hmm. 
So, yes, there's a lot of fear <laughs> for a recurrence. Sure. But I think if the time comes, it's something that, like we were talking about earlier, communication. Yeah, we got if it. it. I just need to be able to know what I can do, what I need to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. But for the time being, I'm really crossing my fingers for no re- recurrence. <laughs> Me too. Because I don't know how I would necessarily hold up for you, which kind of feels bad. Well, and I think that's the weird part about thyroid cancer is that it could almost feel like anticlimactic. Because like, I might just do radioactive iodine again. And I just have to, like, stay away from you for, like, two days. Yeah. Like, there's so many different degrees of it that, like, it wouldn't seem like a big deal. But then that's where, like, the emotional side of having to just deal with mentally I have cancer again. I feel like that takes the bigger toll. Yeah. Like, on me personally. So, I know that I am definitely afraid of having recurrence just for, like, Nate having to go through it with me. Especially because he's already been through so much with me that that thought is kind of overwhelming to me. And I would say that it's not something that you should have to worry about. If you have a thyroid cancer recurrence, you don't need to be worried about me worrying about your thyroid <laughs> cancer recurrence. We can be focused on what you need because it's not any concern with me. It's a, something that we, we have to get through together for you. The last question we have for today Um, which I don't know how well we can answer, but we'll do our best. Um, Somebody asked, how bad is the caregiver burnout? And they wanted to know also, like, emotionally, how bad is it? And I would say we haven't had to have too much of, like, direct caregiving. I do definitely feel like Nate has taken a lot of care of me this year um, with my dad passing away and having my car totaled, and it's been quite the year. So I hope it hasn't been too bad. So I don't know how well he can address it to, like, specifically like cancer caregiving or survivor caregiving but yeah unfortunately it has been a lot of real life caregiving versus specifically cancer so i have to imagine that just how we've done so far that it wouldn't be the most sometimes it can be a little emotionally taxing Mm -hmm. like going over to my friend's house with you and all of a sudden you're out in the bathroom crying and I don't know the dead dad hits you <laughs> what to do that time can be a little scary I don't know if that's how cancer would be if it happened but you don't sure. after 11 years of having this it's not like you have those emotional breakdowns where mm. that I've seen at least maybe there's yeah. been some like, last the, year there was one that was kind of bad, but... Sure. That's when it was, I was actually going through a recurrence, so... Yeah. And again, it's... I think all of these things can be somewhat brought down with just always communication. Like, yes. I, I, if I can tell Chloe any given day that if it, I need a break, and she's always very happy to give me that, and same thing for her, if she needs more from me... She's. Ha- I'm happy to come help. I've been called over plenty of times <laughs> to apartments at all hours of the evening. And so I have no problem with that because we're very good about sharing what we need or don't need at any given time. Mm-hmm. So communicate. Communicate with your partners. Communicate with your friends, your family. Please. Everybody. <laughs>
I think overall, everything we talked about today really gets summed up with just, like, core good relationships mm-hmm. of communicating, caring about each other, knowing each other, mm-hmm. and sharing your experiences with each other, where we have gotten through a lot of stuff just because <laughs> we've got, had to get to know each other so yeah. fast. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, like, you can't... Don't expect to have a great relationship through cancer if you don't have a great relationship with that person just without cancer. Like, if at the core, like, you don't have a great relationship with somebody, I wouldn't expect it to get, like, exponentially better adding cancer. And, like, that's just going to be straining and stressful. And it doesn't have to be, but you have to be able to know that person and have, like, a good relationship at its core. Yeah, definitely. I That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. <laughs> So today, we talked about what it's like for my boyfriend, Nate, to be dating a thyroid cancer survivor. We talked and answered questions about being aware and having knowledge of thyroid issues and functions, how to have productive communication, and also some of the fear and emotions behind dating a thyroid cancer survivor. Next episode, I will talk about sharing your thyroid cancer story. Bye!